person-to-person relationships. The truth is, if God really has influenced you, it will affect how you relate with people. Hallelujah. If God really has influenced your life, it will affect how you relate with people. Glory to God. Today I want to share with you along the lines of repositioning yourself. Hallelujah. Glory to God. And um, I want to speak to you as a pastor. Hallelujah. Repositioning yourself. There could be a challenge in the body of Christ with believers because sometimes believers think that the reason why they go to church is to meet their needs. Praise the Lord. And there's a kind of culture that maybe church groups, maybe us pastors can sell. We're selling that culture. That church is a place you come to when you need a breakthrough. It's a place you come to to change your level You want to be promoted at a place of work. You want your business to expand. You want more money. Amen. And so on and so forth. But that's not what church is for. Hallelujah. The reason is that in church, those things will be addressed. But that's not the core reason God wants you to be in church. And so when people don't understand that, you know what? People look forward to coming for programs and they expect every service to be a service where they are either casting out the devil or they are laying hands on the sick or they are imparting something or they are prophesying. Are you getting what I'm saying? No. The church will never fulfill God's plan for it if that's all that is done service after service. Let's use Jesus for an example. Jesus walked the face of this earth. He didn't have crusades every day. Amen. Did you get that? Jesus didn't have crusades every day. As a matter of fact, you find that Jesus had a lot of meetings with his disciples. There was a difference between his disciples and the multitudes. There were meetings where the multitudes came for and there were meetings that were strictly for his disciples. What he taught the disciples is not what he was teaching the multitudes. Amen. For example, he said, To you it is given to know the mysteries of the kingdom. Who is the you he's talking about? His disciples. He said, to them, it is not given. Then he started teaching them the mysteries of the kingdom. Listen, the role of your pastor in church is to teach you the mysteries of the kingdom. Amen. In 1 Corinthians chapter 4, verse 1 and 2, can you put up the scripture? It says, let a man... So account of us. I'll just read verse 1. I don't need verse 2 now. Let's read together. I want to go. Let a man so account of us. That's who is us. Paul is talking about himself. Alright? Ministers. As ministers of Christ. And what? Stewards of what? Of the mysteries of God. That means that we serve the mysteries of God. We serve the mysteries of God. 
So that you will use the mysteries in your personal life, in your job, in your business, at home. Are you getting what I'm saying? But most times we say, oh, man of God, lay hands on me. Man of God, impart something to me. No. The mysteries. Learn it. Hallelujah. Are we together? Okay. So, but that's not my message. I'm just preparing your heart to say that the reason why people come to church, some people don't know why they should come to church. You know? So, if they come for a service, you know, some people um, maybe had me invited for a program years ago. And you know how the power of God breaks loose in a meeting and great things happen. And then the person came to church, you know, from that program. And attended the service. And the person heard me teaching and sharing God's word. He said, ah, ah, <laughs> amen. <laughs> Glory to God. <laughs> amen. Ah. Because we don't understand that. When we got on television, um, we started our television program 2010. January 2010. So, um, a pastor, he had been my pastor in, in the youth fellowship, called me when he saw the program. Some other friend, a minister friend, were on campus together in university. He also called me. You know what they were calling me for? What happened? I said, I don't understand what happened. They said, We saw you on TV. I, I was blessed, but I, I just don't know what happened. I said, what happened? He said, you were sitting down and talking. <laughs> he, said, he said, you were sitting down and talking. So when I even got to see him, he said, I don't understand this sitting down and talking to you now. So I wanted him to talk. I understood what he was saying, but I wanted to be clear. So I said, what, 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 sir, what, what are you talking about? Then he said, it's you... Scatter the place. I know what he expects me to do on television. But you know what? That's what many are doing on TV. When the teaching and pastoral ministry is downplayed, you know what happens? The brethren will be like sheep having no shepherd. Hallelujah. Glory to God. Jesus saw the multitudes. He said they were like sheep having no shepherd. Why? Because they were weak. When you go and see believers are weak. Oh, this one is not strong. This one is having challenge. This, it means that they are not submitting to the ministry of the shepherd. There is nothing that strengthens the believer more than the ministry of the shepherd. Hallelujah. Are you listening to me? If you observe in your Christian life, you are going backward. You are no more as on fire as you are supposed to be. You know. Um, um, you are struggling check it check it because the job of someone that has an inspirational ministry like, a, like an evangelist or so on, so, is to stir you momentarily but what keeps you going is what you are fed with amen amen if I'm invited to a Christian conference I'm not going there as a pastor I'm going in my Capacity as a sent one. Are you understanding me? I'm not going as a pastor. So, we do what we have to do. Then the pastor will continue from where we stopped. Are you understanding what I'm saying? And we leave. Am I communicating? Yeah. So, you have to understand that. But let me explain this. Today, I'm talking about repositioning yourself. Amen. And I'm taking my... The concept from what happened with... Adam. Let's look at Genesis chapter 3 verse 9. Amen. 9 to 11. Hey, glory to God. Hallelujah. Genesis chapter 3. That's the story of the fall of Adam. Let's read together. I want to go. And the Lord God called unto Adam and said unto him, Where art thou? And he said, I heard thy voice in the garden, and I was afraid because I was naked, and I hid myself. Next. And he said, Who told thee that thou was naked? Hast thou eaten of the tree, whereof I commanded thee that thou shouldest not eat? Go back to verse 9. Let's read it together again. 
And the Lord God called unto Adam and said unto him, Where art thou? Do you know today among believers, God is asking for some people, Where art thou? Amen. Because where he kept them, they have gone from that place. So they need to reposition themselves. Amen. Are we together? Where are thou? Now, how can God be looking for somebody? Hello? Are you with me? Now, how can the all-knowing God, the omniscient God, be looking for somebody? Is there anything that God doesn't know? But it was God trying to say, the place... Now, if you read the previous verses, um, go to a verse before. Let's just see. I, I don't know whether it's seven or eight or one of them. I just want to show you what was happening there. Seven or eight. Um, um, I want to read from where God came in the cool of the day. Good. Verse eight. Thank you. Not seven. Read this with me. Want to go? And they heard the voice of the Lord God walking in the garden in the cool of the day. And Adam and his wife hid themselves from the presence of the Lord. From friends of Lord God, sorry, amongst the trees of the garden. Now, it means that there is a place God expected them to be. Amen. Are we together? There was a place He expected them to be. There's a place they were supposed to be in. Now, what He was saying is that you are not in the place I kept you. Amen. Why are you not in that place? Where are thou? Help me ask your neighbor, where, where are you? <laughs> where are you? Amen. Now, it means that if you're not in the place God kept you, He will be looking for you. Because that is where He will send everything He has for you to. Am I communicating? You see the pattern not just with Adam. You look at the story of Elijah. God told Elijah, go to the brook Sherit. Are you understanding me? Stay there. And then, God sent a raven to feed Elijah by the brook sherry. What if Elijah didn't like the brook sherry? Amen. Say, I don't want to be in brook sherry. I want to be in, in Sheraton. Amen. <laughs> Go to Sheraton. Amen. The raven will carry food. He won't bring it to Sheraton. He will take it to the brook sherry. Glory to God. That is the assigned place. Now, listen to me. You know, when we got born again, you were joined into the body of Christ. Do you agree? Do you agree? Do you know what it means to be a part of the body of Christ? Let me show you a scripture. Let's look at 1 Corinthians 12, verse 12, from NLT. We're going to read from verse 12 to 18. 1 Corinthians 12, from verse 12. Let's read it. Okay, I'll read it. Just follow me. The human body has what? Many parts. But the many parts make up what? One whole body. So it is with the body of Christ. Go further. We're reading down to 18, so 13. Some of us are Jews. Some are Yoruba. Some are Gentiles. Some are Equiri. Some are slaves. Some are free. But we, all, we have all been baptized into one body by what? By one spirit. And we all share the same spirit. Yes, the body has many different parts. Not just one part. If the foot says, I'm not a part of the body because I'm not a hand. Does that, does that, that does not make it any less a part of the body. And if the ear says, I am not part of the body because I am not an eye, would that make it any less a part of the body? If the whole body were an eye, how would you hear? <laughs> or if your whole body were an ear, how would you smell anything? Now, this is the key scripture. Let's read this one together. But our bodies have many parts, and God has put each part just where He wants. It's not the eye that chose to be an eye. It's not the leg that chose to be a leg. Are you getting what I'm saying? So, 
the same way God has put you in the body. You are not the one that chose what you will be in the body. Amen. Now this is NLT. I want to read it in King James Version. Because I love the Greek word, really how it was translated. Now, let's read together. I want to go. But now, God has set. Everybody say set. Positioned. That's what it means. God has positioned the members. Every one of them in the body as it had pleased him. Do you get that? God, see, is the one that, so when he made you a part of the body, he's the one that chose whether you'll be the ear in the body. When he made you a part of the body, when you got born again, you were joined with the body of Christ. He's the one that chose what part of the body you will be. We don't choose what part of the body we will be. We find out what part of the body we are. Are you listening to me? We find out what part of the body we are. I found out this is what God wanted me to do. I didn't choose it. That's why I tell people, we don't decide our calling. We discover our calling. We don't choose our assignments in God. We find it. Now, God came to Adam and said, where are you? And I said that there are many of God's children that are not where they are positioned. They are supposed to be the toes. But they are functioning like the nose. And then, it now looks like there are no toes. Glory to God. Are we together? The call of God to you today is to reposition yourself to be where he placed you. Amen. Our theme for the month is from the scripture in Colossians 4 verse 17. In Colossians 4 17, Paul was writing to the Colossian church and told the pastor to talk specifically to a guy called Archippus. Specifically, in the whole letter, he called his name. You know why? Because he was doing what some of you were doing. So look at what he said. Let's read together. I want to go. And say to Archippus, take heed to the ministry which thou hast received in the Lord that thou fulfill it. This shows that it is possible not to give attention to the ministry you have received in the Lord. First of all, we receive what God wants us to do from God. Hallelujah. I have a problem with an idea that some people have. The kingdom of God is a spiritual kingdom. Are you listening to me? It's not a secular kingdom. We're in this world, but we're not of this world. It's, not, it's a spiritual kingdom. When you are seeking for employment, you can choose where you want to work. Hello? And then you apply. When you are in the body of Christ, you find out what God wants you to do. It's different. Glory to God. It's different. I have a problem with people that try to, you know, you know, someone said, you know, I, 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 go to, I, I went to a church and then um, um, I don't want to do, I don't want to be an usher. Amen. I want to sing. You can start that way because you started. But sometimes... The pastor or the leader can say, come and handle this responsibility. Let me tell you two things about um, ministry. One is that you can start out serving God exactly what doing what God wanted you to do. The other way is that 
That thing your pastor gave you to do, God will bless you because he's the one that assigned you to do it. Some of you don't understand the role of a pastor. The Bible calls him a shepherd in the sense that he stands in the place of Christ to give you responsibility. Hello? So whether you are wired for it or not, if you do it because you recognize that you were given the responsibility. You'll be blessed. Hallelujah. Did you hear what I said? You'll be blessed. You'll be more blessed doing that than doing the one you want to do that God didn't tell you to do. Are you listening to me? Hello? Let me explain something to you. I remember the story of a man of God. His name is Prophet Ed Dufresne. He had passed on. He's going to be with the Lord now. But he used to have a ministry in Tulsa, Oklahoma. So in his early days, he used to be on fire for God, you know, as a young man. So, uh, so um, what's the word to use? Zealous for the things of God. Crazy. To the extent that, I've told the story before, a sister in church, her dog or cat, I can't remember which one, the cat or dog, broke the leg. So she said, she, and she loves the cat so much. She said, I need somebody crazy enough to accept. She said, oh, Brother Ed will pray. So she took the cat to Brother Ed. She said, my, 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 my cat broke his leg. You, you minister in the healing power. Minister to him. He laid hands on the cat and the cat was healed. That's Brother Ed Dufresne. Glory to God. So at that time in his life, in his neighborhood, around where he was, miracles were happening, laying hands on people, get people feed the Holy Ghost in the bathroom, you know, um, that's like what they call, America say bathroom, um, covenants area, somebody, you know, just share with somebody, do you know, you're like, lay hands, you know, they went for a conference, and um, in the break time of the conference, people were going to ease themselves, he was standing there talking with people, laying hands on people to receive the Holy Ghost, and you understand me, crazy. So one day, he was praying, and God led him to a church. Go and join that church. So he expected that the man of God must have heard about him. You understand? The miracle walking boy. So when he arrived, he introduced himself. I said, God sent me here to come and walk with you. So the man said, okay, no problem. And I said, you can start walk said, the role that is empty here is the janitor. The role of a janitor. They gave him up to the toilet straight. He said, no. I came to prophesy. Glory to God. He was so angry, so offended. But pastor said, that's where we need the job. If God sent you here, I will assign you to what is needed here. So well, he humbled himself and went there and started doing the job. So when they're having services, he's cleaning the place and doing all of that, doing all of that. After a while, he forgot about it. But he discovered that some people, when they come there, they, they are discouraged. You encourage them. You understand that? You know, so he was still doing ministry in the toilet. Amen. But you know something? It was in that place he learned some things. He would have resisted it. He would have fought against it. We also have the story of Archbishop uh, Benson Dancer of blessed memory. Archbishop Benson Dancer was already pastoring here in Nigeria. Had grown Church of God mission to a particular point. Then in, um, um, I'm trying to remember the exact year now, between 69 and 71, you know, the Spirit of God opened doors for him to go to um, America, to Christ for the Nations Institute, Dallas um, um, led by Gordon Lindsay. So, he took the opportunity, left the church, and went for t- Bible training, which was supposed to take two years, and then he'll come back, you know, that he didn't abandon the church, he handed over to another pastor, and then traveled to America. When he arrived, now he's already a general of us here. Are you understand what I'm saying? When he arrived, and he was the first international student in their, um, Bible school. So they shared responsibility for Bible school students and his job was to rake 
the compound. Are you understanding me? <laughs> that was his job. And that was about the, the season was the fall, you know, where the place normally is always dirty because all the leaves will all be on the floor, you know. So he said he will rake and rake and rake and rake, then the wind will blow it again and scatter it. Then we just occurred to him, it's because I'm a black man they gave me this outside work. <laughs> he said, because all the white people are inside. <laughs> and the one they gave the other, he dropped this visa, he's not doing the Bible school again. Now, do you know something? That work they gave him is part of the process of God building him. Amen. But Satan will always come and make you eat from the tree of knowledge of good and evil. That's what happened to Adam. You know what it means to eat from the tree of knowledge of evil? Somebody will show you something that you were not thinking before. Then your eye will open. <laughs> Amen. You don't know that using your head, your eye will now open. When your eye open, you will not be where God kept you again. Are you listening to me? Now, there is no better way to explain it. But that's what happened to Adam. He ate of the tree of knowledge of good. He was not supposed to eat that tree. It's not everything someone comes to say to you that you should swallow. He wanted to leave. In short, he had made up his mind. He's going back to Nigeria. He's not doing Bible school again. Then he went to class. And that this is the last class. You know how some people give God the ultimatum. He said, this is the last time. <laughs> I don't know if they think that the thing is to, you know, I don't know. Maybe the throne will shake because you, <laughs> because, you know. So he was in class. And then the prophet Chuck Pierce came to minister. Those are old time ministers. And then as he was ministering, he just there prophesying. And addressed at Bishop's matter. And he found out that it was pride that was worrying him. Amen. Are you understanding me? No, no, that's not what he's supposed to do. And he repented. But he would have taken a step. Am I communicating? Now, the point I'm making here is that there's a place that God has kept you. Amen. There's a place God has set you, positioned you. Go back to um, um, 1 Corinthians 12, 18. I'll read verse 18, then I'll read 28. Okay? In 1 Corinthians 12, 18, let's read together. I want to go. But now, God has set the members, every one of them in the body, as it had pleased Him. Say, God has set me in the body as it had pleased Him. Not as it pleases you. As it had pleased Him. Glory to God. Read verse 28. Let me show you something. Verse 28. It goes further to talk about even the apostles and prophets. You know, the other one is talking about all believers. Now, let's look at it. It says, and God had set. You see the word set there. It's the same word that was used in verse 18. God had set some in the church. First, apostles. Secondly, prophets. Thirdly, teachers. After that, miracles. Then, gifts of healings. Helps. Governments. Diversities of tongues. Sometimes it's important to read some of these scriptures. It's not everybody that is called into the pulpit ministry. Amen. Are you understanding what I'm saying? No. And then it's not everybody that is called into the pulpit ministry that is called to pioneer something. Amen. Are you getting what I'm saying? Now, but let me explain something to you. All of us are not called to be teachers and pastors and preachers. But all of us have a calling upon our lives. Amen. Did you hear me? When I use the word calling, I'm saying an assignment, a divine assignment. We have a divine assignment. Permit me to just use the opportunity to establish this. Now, when you get born again, salvation is both a relationship and a responsibility. Everybody say relationship, responsibility, relationship, responsibility. They go together. They are not separate. That means that when you got born again, you were brought into a relationship with God so that you can carry out a responsibility for Him. Did you get that? You are called into a relationship with God so that you can carry out a responsibility for Him. That's why we pray the prayer in Ephesians 1. That the eyes of my understanding might be enlightened, that I may know the hope of His calling. Amen. The hope of His calling. What He expected by calling me. Amen. So, most of us have 
been taught about the relationship. How, how unbreakable the relationship is. But we've not been taught about the importance of the responsibility. In that responsibility, that responsibility is your ministry. Amen. Your assignment in God. And there are three phases of that responsibility. Alright? Number one, we have a ministry to God. Hallelujah. A ministry to God. A responsibility toward God. To worship Him. Hallelujah. To serve Him toward God. If you see when the Bible talked about God, Jesus, when he, he called his 12 disciples, he said, he called unto him whom he would. One of these verses says, he called them to himself and to preach. Amen. That means the first thing he called them to was to serve him, then to preach. Glory to God. So, we have a ministry to God. Say, I have a ministry to God. Hmm. Acts chapter... 13 verse 1. Let's look at it. Okay. I'm going to read a few verses. Follow me. Now there were in the church that was at Antioch certain prophets and teachers as Barnabas and Simeon that was called Niger and Lucius of Cyrene and Manaean which had been brought up with Herod the Tetrarch and so This is just a roll call. Tell you the people that were in the meeting. Verse 2. Verse 2 is why I brought you here. Let's read together. I want to go. As they ministered to the Lord and fasted, the Holy Ghost said, Separate me, Barnabas and Saul, for the work whereunto I have called them. They ministered to the Lord. We are called to minister to the Lord. Amen. To minister to the Lord. To minister to the Lord. So our first ministry is the ministry to the Lord. That's why when you wake up in the morning, you are doing devotional. You are, you are ministering to the Lord. Amen. Are you listening to me? You minister to the Lord. That's something you should do every day. So, that's your first priority. Your ministry to the Lord. Then, the second phase of ministry is our ministry to one another. Ministry to the church. Ministry to one another. Say, ministry to one another. Ministry to one another. Ministry to one another. My ministry to the Lord is separate from my ministry to you. Glory to God. I must not allow my ministry to the Lord suffer because it fuels my ministry to you. Glory to God. So, we have a ministry to the Lord, then we have a ministry to each other, to one another, that's the, to the church, to fellow believers. And that ministry to one another is fulfilled in our local assembly. That's why we must. So I say, is it a must? Someone must belong to a church. It's a must. It's not like asking, must someone belong to a family? How did you come into this world? Is there another way to come into this world than through a family? Even if the family is dysfunctional, it's a family. Even if the father is in, in Togo, the mother is in Japan, it's a family. A man and a woman have to come together for you to be born. Is that not so? That's showing you how God expected the order to be. So in the same way, when you get born again, you are supposed to be part of a family, a church, a local assembly, so that you can fulfill the ministry of serving one another to each other, the ministry to the church. It is in that role that what you are set for, what you are positioned for, Amen. It's carried out. Hallelujah. So, you are now, in that body, you are the finger. In that body, you are the ear. In that body, you are the hair. And then you fulfill your role. Praise the Lord. Do you know that when a child is born, he's a full human being, but there are some things he doesn't have yet. Are you understanding me? All right. You see a boy that is about five years old. Does he have mustache? If you see a five-year-old with mustache, he went to shave. Would he? <laughs> he walk in and say, say oh, Baba, shave me. <laughs> Wouldn't you wonder that, is it okay? So the guy, but he's a man, uh, he's a boy, he's male rather, and then 
Maybe by the time he starts getting to 15, 16, then he starts experiencing hair. Are you understanding me? Coming out on his chin or something like that. Then, after a while, he's now shaving. Now, there are some parts of the body in a local assembly that might not be revealed immediately. Amen. Are you listening to me? You know, the mistake a lot of people make is that some people come to a local assembly and they say, okay, uh, it depends on where the church is. You can come to a church, the only thing they have in that church is there's no usher, only pastor and choir. Are you understanding me? As the church grows, the mustache will come out. Amen. Then you believe you are a mustache and you are in the church. Wait. Amen. Join what is existing. Glory to God. When it's time for the mustache to come out, you will come out. Hallelujah. Am I communicating? So, don't be mistaken about that. There are many things that don't just show up when the child is one year old or two year old. Male or female. Some happen with levels of development. Is that not so? So, in the same way also, in the body of Christ, there are certain things that will come out with time. Hallelujah. Am I communicating? So, it's important for you to know that. But there is a place God has set you in the body. There's a role you have to play to fulfill that ministry to one another. The third phase, I said the first one is ministry to, the, to God, ministry to one another, that's to the church. The third one is the ministry to the world. Amen. Ministry to the world. Our ministry to the world. Now, some of us, you fulfill that ministry to the world through your career. Some of you are not fulfilling any ministry to the world. You are just working. But you fulfill that ministry to the world through your career. So you could be a lecturer. And you are born again, filled with the Holy Ghost. Now, because you are a lecturer, the way you are doing your work as a lecturer, that is saved and understands that his position there to fulfill heaven's agenda is different. You are doing it differently. You are a medical doctor, and then you are born again. There is a ministry you have to the world. Because what happens is that your career allows you to interface with, with unbelievers all the time. Hallelujah. What are you doing with it? You're a businessman. You buy and sell. You don't only sell to Christians. You sell to all kinds of people. What God has done for you is that through your career, He has given you a platform. Amen. To interact with the world. There's a ministry you have to the world. Hallelujah. Of course, our foremost ministry to the world is to reach them with the gospel. Amen. Now, so don't mix this up. Let's take it again. What's the first one? Ministry to what? Praise God. What's the second one? Ministry? What's the third one? Ministry? There are some of you are not doing anyone. Your ministry to God, zero. Your ministry to the church, zero. Your ministry to the world, zero. Let me explain something to you. You see, that part of your ministry to one another which happens when we fellowship glory to God is key do you know that this service will not be a blessing let me put it this way this service will be a blessing to fewer people if some other people didn't come to help now I'm extended by live stream are you understanding me so there might even be more people listening to this online than those people seated here are you listening to me now how is that possible because somebody is fulfilling his ministry to the body to one another by handling the media are you listening to me okay by handling the media Most of the time, people assume that another person will do it. Just like, don't worry, they will do it. No. If all of us do our parts, 
will be a mightier force. Amen. Yeah. And then, you know what happens sometimes in the church? Some people are overburdened because some people are doing nothing. It shouldn't be so. Imagine that you get to heaven, God now says, you know, you are the one that made this person come early to heaven. It's you that made him come early to heaven. Amen. Say why? Because he was doing your job and his job. Amen. Glory to God. <laughs> you know, um, my wife asked me a question. I didn't answer at that time. Just like, ah, you know, we have some things to do. And I said, so, when will we rest? The answer that was in my heart, it would have caused trouble. I said, when we get to heaven. <laughs> Amen. <laughs> Amen. When you get to heaven, you you like you you rest. You will sleep tired. <laughs> Praise the Lord. Are we together? All right. So where I'm going to with this? I just have a few more minutes. Is to establish that we have a ministry to one another. We have a ministry to the world. And God wants you. To reposition yourself and take the place where he has set you. Glory to God. I won't have the time to explain that some of you, there are some people that their ministry to the world or the platform which they are using to minister to the world, somehow they still use that to minister to in the church. Are you understand what I'm saying? You get what I'm saying? Okay. Alright. Because it's needed every day. There are some things that we might not need every day in the church. Then there are some things we need every day. Among ourselves. But you must ensure that you are fulfilling that role. You have in the body. Because there is a reward for it. Amen. And not just because there is a reward. Because there is also. A path that God has ordained for you. That can only be fulfilled by standing in that place. Glory to God. Some of you think that prayer and fasting is the only reason why you, you break into things. No, sometimes, you know, you break into things just by service. There are some things some of you are crying for. Are you understanding me? It just comes by pure obedience. Am I communicating? Pure obedience. Pure obedience. There are some things that come by impartation. While there are some things that come just by serving God. Hallelujah. Nobody has to lay hands on you. It will just happen. So you now have somebody that is not yielding to serve him. A major portion of God's purpose will be missing We'll be missing. You know, what I'm doing today, I didn't learn, sit down in one school and learn all of it. No, that's not how it happened. It's the exposures. Are you understand what I'm saying? The responsibilities I was given. Hey, go and do this. Hey, go and do that. I didn't know it was going to help, be helpful to me later, but by just doing it, something was added to me. I learned something. I got better. Are you getting what I'm saying? Now I see all of those things manifesting while I'm standing in my place. I was the, um, this is call it, um, I've done, been an organizing secretary, I've been an evangelism secretary. I was like the evangelism leader. And then my leader would give me the, the file to hold sometimes. I didn't like that part of the work. Praise God. 
It's like that part of the work. But can I do my work today without files? <laughs> without I can't. Praise God. Without, I can't. So you find that that admin part somehow by giving me responsibilities I learned. So we have a program coming up and then you say, oh we are going to print flyers. Go and do the flyers. Then we learned how to do flyers. Praise God. By serving I was growing. Amen. Did you get that? Some of you, the missing part of your growth part, um, plan is service. That's what's missing. God demands commitment from his children. Commitment is not optional. Let me tell someone, commitment is not optional. It's not optional. Commitment to God is not optional. At all, it's not optional. Because there are things that are tied to commitment. So I want to encourage you this morning. This month, Make up your mind to be committed to God's responsibility to you, towards you, uh, your responsibility towards God, whether it's responsibility um, to God directly, responsibility to the, uh, to the church or to the world. Be committed to it. You will never see the grace of God on certain levels until you apply yourself. You might never know some giftings in your life until what? You apply yourself. You might never know. Thank God for your secular job. But how has it been a blessing? Glory to God. Let me ask a question. If God should replace you in that your office with another believer, will he do better than you? Hello, assistant manager. If God should bring another believer into that place, will he be more useful to the kingdom than you have been? A lady met me in London. I said, I'm going to go, thank God I've seen you, thank God I've seen you. I want you to speak a word over me. Because she came for a meeting. And, and you prayed for me that, that God opened us for me. So now uh, that's how I came here. But now I want you to speak words over me because I'm pursuing, um, what was it now? I stayed. She wanted to stay back. And, and she wanted to stay back. And she wanted me to speak a word so that she would stay back. I was about to pray. Then the Holy Ghost just dropped something in my spirit. So I said, it's not a praying matter. Amen. I said, give God a reason to keep you in the United Kingdom. Did you hear what I just said? Give God a reason to keep you here. Even me, I was wondering why the Holy Ghost gave that answer. As I was going, then I understood. There are some things the Holy Ghost tells you to do first. Then sometimes, if he wants to, he explains later. There are some of you, God is missing you since you got that job. Amen. You think your job is the most important thing to God? No, it's you. You are more important to God than your job. Amen. You are more important to God than your job. Your job is not the most important thing to God. He's about you. Even your office, they will replace you if something happens. That also, God is concerned about you. If you, if you are not working and you'll be worshipping every day and praying every day, <laughs> are you understand what I'm saying? Glory to God. <laughs> you know? 
the moment you just get job, employment. <laughs> you don't remember quiet time. You don't remember Bible. You don't have, you are no more in any team in church. You are not serving nothing. Nothing. Because you got job. Did God do wrong to give you a job? So I said, give God a reason to keep you. Because the way you are doing, God should quickly return you to Nigeria. Amen. Return to Nigeria quickly. I was in one, uh, one of the European countries, and uh, um, I can't mention the country, but I, I met um, some group of leaders and pastors. So I went back to my hotel room. I was just crying and praying. I said, Lord, send real men of God to this town. I said, these people are just playing here. I said, I said, pray. I said, Lord, send men of God that have a passion for Jesus to this city. Not people that want to go around and be drinking juice. Are you understanding me? Send men of God. So, I'm not surprised when someone says, I'm having a problem with my paper, and then they send them back. They will be better in Nigeria. Let God give paper to the ones that will serve Him. Glory to God. And when they go there, they will fulfill ministry. That's why some of them will have to lie, steal, cheat. I don't believe in that. If God is sending me to a country, I don't have to steal to enter there. I don't have to forge papers to go there. Then that is not a miracle. Amen. If I forge documents, then it's not a miracle. I've busted someone's bubble now. Because they're forging your own paper right now. <laughs> Amen. They're forging your own. You are 49. They're writing for you in 19. <laughs> you're telling them the immigration. I'm in SS2. <laughs> well, you have five children. <laughs> Then it's not a miracle. I, see, I don't want what God is not giving to me. I don't want it. Because it will kill me. I don't want it. How I wish I can have this. How I wish I, if God is not going to give it to me, I don't want it. Let me tell your neighbor something like that. Amen. Yeah, you have to come to that. If God doesn't want to, if, that, if God does not give, I don't want it. I don't want it. Hallelujah. Glory to God. So I'm calling someone today to reposition themselves. Amen. Stay where he has set you. Let God not come and ask, where are you? Ask your neighbor, what's your name? Then ask the person with the name they told you. Ask the person, I say, John, where are you? Amen. 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 Glory to God. John, where are you? Let's rise to our feet. Amen. Celebrate Jesus everywhere. Glory to God. Amen. And Father, we thank you for the opportunity to hear your word. We thank you for the opportunity to 